I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the <laughs> Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member of MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined. For the first time, he's at All Things Mavs on Twitter. Jimmy Crowther, welcome. Nick, it's good to be on the podcast um, for the first time, hopefully not the last time. Thanks for having me on, brother. I'm, I'm happy to be on. That is all up to you, my friend. Absolutely. Well, then I'm coming back on. <laughs> no, no, no. If you <laughs> suck or not. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. All right. Well, then I'll try not to suck. <laughs> Man, so today what we're talking about, and uh, by the way, just for full disclosure, recording this late on Wednesday night uh, after the Nets game, and uh, we're posting this on Friday, so there's a couple days, there's Thanksgiving that happened. Um, Jimmy, make up something about your Thanksgiving. Make up something about my Thanksgiving? Yeah, because it happened theoretically yesterday. We are posting this right. on a Friday. Um, <laughs> well, we actually cooked actually our dog instead of our Thanksgiving turkey in the oven, so that was a big catastrophe in the house um, Thursday for Thanksgiving. So there's my made-up story for you all. <laughs> Jimmy, I don't know where to go from that. <laughs> that, that is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Hey, you said make What does up, baked so dog smell like? All right, never mind. Don't answer the question. <laughs> all right, so today we're going to do Fan Pulse Friday. And uh, we decided a while ago that we wanted to have Fan Pulse Friday bring on uh, the biggest fans, the biggest Mavs fans. Um, on Twitter, on Facebook, on on everywhere, the big where the, we can find the you know the most known or the you know something specific about them. And so I wrote out to everybody. I said, "Who would you want on the podcast?" And one person that somebody mentioned was you. And uh, so, all right, just start from the beginning. How did you become a Mavs fan? What's your what's your Mavs origin story? Yeah. So I mean, I was born in Dallas area. Um, I've been here my whole life, and then now I'm at school. I'm a junior at Oklahoma State University, but still loyal and true to the Mavs, um, and always have been. I've been through – I was actually – I actually was got the privilege to be in Florida during the Miami Heat finals in 2006 when we lost. Mm. So that was one of the most painful memories of my lifetime. Um, And then 2011 was obviously one of the highest memories, Um, but just – Stuck through it all um, and been a big fan ever since. And then, you know, I kind of turned that into what I have now, the All Things Mavs Twitter page, which really started out as like a burner account for something that I could just, you know, <laughs> like look at. Were you roasting people on that burner account? Oh, always, always. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I, I actually started tweeting and getting, you know, some reactions here and there. So I, I kind of grew it and now, I'm, you know, it's a little more professional than a burner account. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, so that that's how it starts, man. You just start and you uh, want to just talk something. You want know, to just talk about the Mavs, and then if you got a voice for it, then people will find it. You know, that's just kind of how it goes, right? It's, it's exactly it seemed pretty organic. Exactly, and you know, I've always tried to. I, I I've always been a pretty optimistic Mavs fan, um, which has been a downfall for me a lot of times. Um, but no, that's see, something. see, that's where I think you're wrong. I feel like people latch onto that stuff more because our podcast is usually optimistic and there are other podcasts that are more pessimistic and i feel like the, i feel like the optimistic ones do better yeah yeah and by downfall i mean i mean a downfall of my own emotions where i just oh, kind yeah, of yeah. you know get, get so get your high. hopes up <laughs> exactly exactly yeah um so let's uh let's talk about this season so far 
How are you feeling? This is Fan Pulse Friday, so it's all about feelings. How, what are your emotions? We'll go through different players, but just the season in general. How are you feeling about where the Mavericks are? What were your expectations at the beginning of the season? Um, I has I set my expectations um, that we'd be fighting for the the six to eight seed in the playoffs Ooh, because I don't six. Yeah, six was my six was my ceiling. You are optimistic. Uh, Never mind, that's your downfall. It is your. Downfall. I know, I know, it hurts, <laughs> but that was my ceiling for the team. Um, but I always believed we'd be fighting for a playoff spot, and you know, as as it stands right now, we kind of are, even though it's super early. But um, there's just no reason for us to tank, obviously. So that was my expectation going in right away. Um, you know, player by player, like you said, we'll go through that in a little bit. But at this point in the season, we've obviously lost some games we're not supposed to lose, and we've won some games we haven't been like we weren't picked to win. Um, so it's a lot of ups and downs so far. But I think we're coming to a point um, as a team <clears throat> and in the schedule where we're getting some consistency. Um, we're seeing guys play together. Like, you know, now we've got Harrison Barnes consistently playing. Obviously, injuries with Wes and, you know, now Dwight Powell are just kind of, you know, throwing us off a little bit. But just seeing the consistency from the team and the players um, has been really encouraging. And we're catching a lot of teams at a, some really good times. Um, you know, like the Warriors with their all their issues, we're catching them. You know, we've got Boston coming up on second night of a back-to-back, and they're not having the hottest streak. They, they got all kinds of issues. So many issues. So I'm pretty encouraged from what I've seen, um, you know, especially from obviously our prized rookie. Um, but I'm also discouraged by a couple guys. So we can, like you said, we can get into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll go player by player. But, um, yeah, it has been an up-and-down season. I saw recently someone posted that the Mavericks were like 7-8 and eight at, you know, a couple games ago, or last game, I guess. And uh, they had the second easiest schedule in the in the NBA. <laughs> So yeah. you're like, dang, that uh, that's kind of disheartening. But then you think about it, some of the teams they've played, like the Timberwolves, they've been a lot worse than expected. Um, and then they lost to the you know the the Suns, but then they also beat the Warriors and they also beat the Jazz, who are worse than expected. And so it's just kind of this weird, convoluted. You know, it's early in the season still, but we're we're getting close. I mean, right now we're at 17 games into the season for the Mavericks, and uh, I mean that's. You, that's a decent sample size to be able to start pulling some stuff from. This is not just like, you know, five games into the season like that where, uh, you know, the sample sizes are just not big enough to get any results or anything. So the Mavericks, you know, the schedule has been easy, but they've also, like you said, they've pulled out, pulled some wins out of their, out of their rears that, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, let's start with, let's start at the top with the coach. How are you feeling about Rick Carlisle? What's the fan What's the fan experience on Rick Carlisle? You followed him, obviously, probably his whole tenure with the with the uh, Mavericks. How are you feeling about Rick Carlisle right now? Because some people were calling for his job early in the season. And I'm not one of those people. Um, and I, you'll find me very few times blaming Rick Carlisle for anything because I've just kind of grown to trust him with so many of our players. And um, he's proven trustworthy. You know, So there's some little things um, that have really been kind of bugging me. Uh, like the, y'all talked about the other day on the pod was, um, the rotations, you know, with the injuries are going on. That, that was kind of weird to me. It was a little weird to, um, like, like you said, this is Wednesday night. So tonight against Brooklyn, there were some weird rotations. Um, yeah, the injuries been, really, it seems like it re- just really throws it off. He doesn't, it does. he doesn't do like a one for one replacement. Uh, so like, to, so like in the, in the Brooklyn game, he'll replace you know, Dwight Powell with like, with a solid measure, but not for like the whole entire time that he would be out there. <laughs> so you're like, right. uh, you know, he kind of spreads it out a little bit. And I guess that's kind of what you have to do with injuries and stuff like that. But he doesn't, it seems like the rotations completely go out the window. If there's one injury, it's just, it's so weird that it has to stick to that kind of, you know, rigidity. If that's what, yeah. 
Absolutely. But overall, um, I'm still happy with Rick and how he's – I've seen him tr- like not forcing the ball but trying to get the ball to Luca, and I've seen him get to the hot hand, which I love that he does that and he's you know consistently goes to the hot hand. Um, so right now I am as positive as I always have been on, on Rick. Yeah, that had been a that's that's been a narrative surrounding Rick Carlisle his entire tenure essentially is that he hates rookies and he doesn't like rookies. Um, and I even brought that up. I think my first year covering the team, I brought that up to Rick, um, and I was like, "There's a stigma out there that you you know don't like rookies or you you won't, you know won't play rookies. What would you like to say to those people or something like that?" And uh, he gave me obviously some snarky answer that was not even. <laughs> an answer to the question or anything like those people are stupid or, you know, something like that. <laughs> um, but it was, it's a stigma and it really was. And it's been brought up to him. So he's, he's aware of it. And uh, he had the moment with Dennis Smith jr. Over the off season when he first got drafted, where he flew down to, you know, uh, flew down to his hometown and he was hanging out with him. And uh, you know, and then Luka Doncic, he said glowing things about him. He started him right off the bat. There's, there's no question about either player that they were going to start, you know, right away. And he's, you know, been there. He's helped develop, I guess, to to a degree. I'm, I'm not sure how much we're seeing with Dennis. We'll talk about him later. But mm-hmm. that he seemed to have broken out of that stigma. Even a guy like Jalen Brunson getting some minutes on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he's broken out of that stigma of you know hating you know young players or rookie players? Yes, absolutely. And I kind of got into an argument with some guy on Twitter the other day about you know the Mavs being able to develop players and like you see guys like. I got an argument on a podcast with somebody yesterday about this. I will not disclose who it is, but you can listen to it. <laughs> it's our yesterday pod for Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's completely broken out of the stigma. Um, you see guys obviously like Kleba and Finney Smith and Luca obviously carrying, you know, a heavy load this year. Yeah. And um, yeah. And like you said, Brunson, he, you know, had a DNP coach's decision tonight, but he's getting a, a good bulk of minutes and, and, you know, providing when we need him to provide. So definitely. All right, uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll start going through player by player and talking about who uh, who we like and who we're not we're not too fond of right now. All right, Jimmy, let's just go down the line. Um, Wesley Matthews, he's been injured as of late. He's missed some games, but uh, how are we feeling about Wesley Matthews? At the beginning of the season, it seemed like everybody was was re- really against him. I made this you know video on my YouTube channel. Why is everyone? Why does everyone? Why do all Mavs fans hate Wesley Matthews? <laughs> And uh, it was true at the time, and now it seems like it's kind of cooled off. His his shots seem to have decreased. Is that is that a direct correlation between fans, you know, ire or hate, and his amount of shots? I, you'd have to think so. And like and like you always said, you know, ninety percent, whatever you want to say, of what he does is really, really good and really, really helpful. But the ten percent that he does is just it glows so bright, <laughs> yeah, and it's so hard to overlook. Um, but you know, he had that conversation. Um, uh, I can't even remember what game it was where he, you know, apparently him and Donnie Nelson were talking. He said, what do I need to do to help this team? And after that, it seems like that's where he kind of cooled off on taking every single shot and coming off every screen and shooting the ball every time he touches it. And he's helping the team. Um, obviously he's hurt right now, but you know, when he's not jacking everything up and when he's shooting things at the right time, he's, he's helping the team. Um, so I've, I've come back around to him after the Lakers game. I almost, you know, completely gave up on him. I tweeted something out that was completely emotionally charged, but, um, at this point right now, I'm, I'm very level headed on Wes. (laughs) 
Do you think that Wes Matthews should be the starter, or do you think that Dorian Finney-Smith? And let's just we'll just move on to Dorian Finney-Smith right after this mm-hmm. um, this question. But do you think that that Wes should be the starter, or do you think it should be Dorian Finney-Smith? At this point, I am fully fully bought in on Dorian Finney-Smith starting. You're in the Especially, dodo nest. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially seeing because Wes plays a huge chunk of minutes with that second team anyway. Um, so you know why not just kind of get them completely integrated there, and I would be really happy. Or just do the ceremonial four minute start with Wes and uh, and bring it, you know send it to the bench and bring Dorian in like four minutes in or something like that. Uh, which brings us to Dorian Finney Smith. Man, say something good about Dorian Finney Smith because if you're an optimist, then this is a player that you're you're excited about. I mean, he's in my opinion from what I've seen and what I see over on Twitter and and even in the crowd, like when you're in the games in the arena, like Dorian Finney Smith has become a fan favorite. This year, he's exactly the type of, of player that Mavericks fans love. Yes, yes, he is. I mean, and you know, he's a hard worker from everything you hear about him, and you can see it in his shot. Remember, I remember Tim McMahon tweeting out this summer, and, and you guys talked about it a lot. But, um, you know, Dorian Finney Smith is the best shooter on this Maverick team in practice. And we're like, okay, yeah, cool. it, was, it was, I totally forgot about that tweet. It was like, <laughs> it was like Dorian and it was in the top three in all these shooting drills, and we were like, Wait, what? That Dorian? Like the Dorian yeah. that couldn't hit a shot in Summer League to save his life? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was – and I didn't I didn't want to believe it. But he's he's 14th in the league right now in three-point percentage. Um, I don't know. It might have dipped tonight because he – Yeah, he was 0 for 4 uh, against the Nets. 0 for 4, yeah. And this was by far his worst game of the season in my opinion. Um, statistically, yeah. Yeah, statistically. But, you know, defensively, he's, he's always solid. Um, his wingspan, I mean, the way he sticks guys, I, I really, really am just a huge fan of him. Yeah, man, he he can do a lot of things, and he can do a lot of things that Wes can't because of his length. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes has long arms, but Wes is not six eight. You know that extra length. I've I've watched it, and I've been working on a video about Dorian Finney Smith, but he bothers lots of shots, and uh, and that is the the biggest thing that you want in, in the Warriors game. He bothered a lot of Clay Thompson shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have a guy like Dorian that's a little bit bigger than Clay Thompson, Clay's not used to guys you know that are that much bigger than him guarding him because he's usually getting one of the guards. Uh, because the longer guys go against you know Kevin Durant, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, so when he's bothering shots like that, it, it really affects you know players, and uh, and it it shows it shows in a big way, and uh, not surprised that he's you know plus minus you know darling so far in the season, but uh, <laughs> I I think he might be the starter. I think he he might should be the starter. I think I'm I think I'm with you on this, um, just just as a kind of a goodwill to all that he's brought and all that he's been doing, and uh, Wes. Missing games with injury is kind of the best thing that could happen to Dorian Finney-Smith right now. Getting to showcase this. And uh, all I hope is that it just doesn't end in a massive contract from someone somewhere else. Oh, man. You know it's going to. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, know. I actually gonna... can't think of his contract situation off the top of my head. But uh, let's see. He is. Uh, he has one more year. Next, no, this season is is it, and then he's uh, unguaranteed this summer. So yeah, this summer is kind of going to be big, big. But the Mavericks have tons of cap space, so they'll be all right. Okay, good. They'll there be able go. to retain people like this. So, uh, um, speaking of free agents this summer, let's uh, let's let's knock out a big one right now. DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Oof. One year deal. What were your expectations for DeAndre at the beginning of the season? Um, statistically, he's doing exactly what I thought he would be doing, um, rebound wise and even point wise, um, maybe not so much blocks, obviously expected a few more, but here's the thing. And I listened to another one of y'all's podcasts, you and Isaac, um, from I'm flattered. 
<laughs> I listen to them every day. Every day I listen to them. But I was listening to one from a while ago, um, and it was after the Minnesota game, I believe, and, and you guys were talking about you know DeAndre not coming up um, and kind of giving guys space in the paint, and it's just like a crazy amount of space. Yeah. And you're like, you know, is that a DeAndre thing or a coach's thing? And then I kind of noticed it a little bit with Salah Mejri, and he was playing back too. Uh, when he's getting minutes tonight and then I've noticed it a couple times with Dwight Powell so maybe he's a coach's thing and he doesn't want his big guys coming up and challenging shots um yeah there's a there's a difference in that and there's a there's a play called ice and if you ever listen to a Timberwolves broadcast you hear you know Tom Thibodeau like in the back ice 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 and he's Carl <laughs> Carl he's like screams <laughs> it in the background you can hear it in the, the court mics but there's this idea of icing and it's where there's a pick and roll and the you know the big man obviously comes up and picks for the guard and if DeAndre is guarding that big man that sets the screen you want him to ice and so you let you drop him back into the paint and so that is that is a coach's thing the the plays that we're talking about are where he's obviously needed for help defense but he doesn't yeah. like step up and and you know block shots or he doesn't step up and you know put his hand up there's a couple plays in in one of my videos the uh um in one of my video about uh oh how the Mavericks use DeAndre's story, um, mm-hmm. how he's just he just doesn't contest shots, <laughs> and, yeah. and those are the ones where we're we're curious about. And when you can see a guy you know stepping up and and starting to take a shot, you're like, like take one more step, <laughs> take one more yeah. step, put your arms in the air and and block it. So that's I think where we're we're kind of frustrated. There is like you said, it's a good it's a good observation by you that there's you know they are drop they do drop their their big men into the paint. Uh, and maybe that's why the teams are shooting so well from three. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's a good observation. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, um, you know, rebound wise, he's, you know, getting every rebound he can because he's the only one that's going to rebound. some that he should have. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm not ready to say whether we should or should not resign him this summer, but I will say something that's been really encouraging you know, since that whole thing that came out um, about, you know, whatever McMahon's blurb was and his power rankings. But um, he's really stepped up in, in talking to Luca and making sure he's getting Luca involved. Um, I've noticed it, you know, game by game. And um, he's a vocal leader. And that's something that, you know, you can't put on paper. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the, the whole idea of, the, you know, DeAndre rubbing teammates the wrong way. It's the smallest story that's become the biggest thing. We've talked about it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but people are still you know denying it or dismissing it. And I think that both can be true, that DeAndre could have rubbed teammates the wrong way, and then DeAndre could also be a good leader and be a good teammate. You know, it's, it, it can go both ways. Like, you and I can have a relationship, or me and Isaac can have a relationship, and there are things that Isaac does that, that drive me nuts. Uh, you know, but I, I'm, you know, I still think he's a good teammate, think he's a good you know, co-host on a podcast, but he does some things that, that drive me nuts sometimes. And that, that can also be true. You know, like rubbing the wrong way doesn't mean that they hate him. It's not, it, we've, we've become sort of this culture of, you know, it has to be one specific thing or another. <laughs> can't, yeah. can't be anything in the middle. There's no nuance. And hopefully that that's what we're bringing is some nuance on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, okay. So you're feeling good about Deandre. You don't want to bench him. You're, you're okay with him starting. Um, yes still absolutely yeah not sure about him uh you know re-signing what about uh another guy that's coming off the bench let's let's just do both these guys together maxi kleba and dwight powell oh Um, my goodness maxi has less of a history with mavs fans dwight has a little bit more of a history with mavs fans but they've both come and played together so well off the bench um for for a massive mavs fan one of the biggest mavs fans and that's why you're on fan pulse friday when dirk Nowitzki comes back 
<laughs> and and according to the broadcast, according to Mark Falwell and all sources, this could be soon in the next you know couple weeks or a month or so. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna lose out on minutes? Because oh. man, it, it's gonna be tough because Dwight is like twentieth in the league in ESPN real plus minus. <laughs> he's just playing so well, and Maxi has become this shot blocker. You know, he's, he's sh- shooting has gone up and down, obviously, but they've become such a dynamic duo, and this bench is just so good when both those guys play. Um, who's losing out on minutes? Oh, Nick, that's the, it's the big questions that we ask, and I haven't even asked Isaac this yet. I know. I saved it for you. I, I think it's going to be Dwight. Um, I think Maxi is like Maxi's by. I'm not going to say by far, but Maxi is definitely our best. You know, paint low post defender. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's no question about it. And and Dwight doesn't do anything wrong. It doesn't deserve even to lose minutes, but it's Dirk Nowitzki, so someone has to. Um, and unfortunately, I think it's going to be him. Um, because, you know, we've seen a couple of games now without Dwight and Maxi still kind of holds his own and does what he needs to do. And I'm not sure that if we lose Maxi at this point in the season, like if Maxi's the one that's injured instead of Dwight, that we still look as good as we have. But we did have the bench last year, the really good bench unit with Dwight and Dirk. So they have, they have some chemistry, but then also D- Maxi started with Dirk for like 30 games last year. Uh, Maxi started the fifth most most games last year for the Mavericks, which is kind of a a stat that I will never <laughs> truly like <laughs> understand. Uh, he was essentially, you know, he started the most out of anybody besides the four guys that started the <laughs> most of the year. That's uh, so weird. It is just very weird to think about. I think it's Maxi. I think that Maxi's going to lose out on minutes. I think it's going to suck. Um, but Dirk and Dwight will be awesome. I, I'm not sure how many minutes we're talking about with Dirk, though. It, yeah. it may just it may just cut into everybody's minutes. We, we may see DeAndre playing a little less. We may see Dwight. Because DeAndre played 38 minutes the other night, I think. And I don't think you see that if Dirk is, you know, healthy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. And, I mean, it's going to bring a little something extra off the bench, I guess. But, you know, he's not going to solve our defensive issues. You know, when if 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 we give up Maxi and DeAndre um, for Dirk defensively, that's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's uh, we'll rapid fire through some of the rest of this roster. All right, Jimmy, let's get another another big one out of the way. How are you feeling about Dennis Smith Jr.? I feel like <laughs> this is I feel like this is the most polarizing player right now for the Mavericks, as far as Mavs fans. You're either you're either coming at me and Isaac on Twitter or Facebook <laughs> saying that we hate Dennis because anytime we criticize him, he, you we uh, you think that it's hate, or you're on the other side where you're like, we should trade him right now, we should bench him right now, we should get rid of him because he doesn't fit with Luca and all these other things. How are you feeling about Dennis Smith Jr. as a fan? Oh man, it, it's it hurts me to watch him struggle the way he has um, in these in the beginning of the season. He has games where it's like, oh man, okay, this is the one, this is the one where he's going to start getting it going again. Um, and then he has games like he does against the Nets, which, of course, you know, he had that wrist bothering him, so we can't hold too much against him there. But that you're just like, man, is he ever going to really be what his ceiling is? Um, and it's scary because you want him to reach his ceiling, obviously. I mean, he's supposed to be the running mate next to Luka Doncic for however long. Um, so it, it just has hurt to watch him struggle. Um, but, you know, I don't think he should – I think I think the thing that's so weird to me right now is 
the JJ Barea and him splitting the perfect minutes that's <laughs> been happening. Yeah. And then watching Dennis Dennis sits that almost entire third quarter, and then you expect him to come in and get some rhythm in the fourth, and it just hasn't happened. Um, so it, it's it's hurt, um, but I think he's gonna get back. You know, he's still averaging around 14 points per game, which isn't bad. It's just kind of an inefficient 14 points per game. Yeah, he's been shooting better from three though, which is something that we yeah. have to look at and be you know optimistic about. We have to be like, man, okay, well at least he's he's showing improvement in, in some area. You know, <laughs> we uh, you know, it's not all completely doom and gloom. And I think defensively, I feel like he's been better. Um, he's been more active at least in the last couple of games. He's been more active. He's been um, trying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's been trying. He's been trying to fight yeah. the screens. He was absolutely awful. I think it was. Uh, Nate Duncan, who wrote something for the Athletic and, and named like his five worst defenders in the league, and I think Dennis made the list. I think it was Dennis and Dirk both made the list. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah and another another thing that's really kind of impressed me is his his assist numbers aren't up, but the way he's passing and looking for other guys, I feel like has been better agree, this year. Yeah. Um, and so that's something I've definitely been encouraged by, and and you know I think can still uh, four assists per game isn't a lot by any means for a point guard, but it's definitely. Like I said, it's an efficient four assists per game, and he's looking for guys. And I love watching him and Finney Smith on the court together. You know, the hashtag the Smith way, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Which is much better read than said. Yes, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, the Smith way. It's a uh, there's something there's something to that. Uh, there's also something with D- Dorian Finney Smith playing with Luka Doncic too. We talked about that a couple pods ago, uh, so that's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. very polarizing. Uh, it. I think we, I think the jury's still out on him. I think recently the last couple of games he played his 82nd game in the NBA, so we're still mm-hmm. yeah we're still holding out hope on him. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, there's a couple more we need to get to. Uh, how are you feeling about the bench? How are you feeling about JJ Bray and Devin Harris? They had an awesome night the other night against uh, against the Nets. Incredible night, and uh, Devin Harris. I mean, has has come in and done. I mean, he missed so much early in the season. He's you know done really really well for us i think we're what four and one now when he's back now that he's back um and then jj barea is still jj barea you know statistically putting up the stats that you know he, he's just so reliable luka Doncic had a quote tonight that said <laughs> if he was if he was six seven he'd be one of the best players in the league which you know might be taking a little far but still. i like that he said if he was six seven like me it's like, <laughs> like, it's me. like puts the onus on him like dang i am six seven why am i not one of the best <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, there's no, you know, it's like the the backcourt of the past is JJ Bray and Devin Harris, but they're doing so much for it now, and it's hard to complain about either. Completely. Uh, all right, let's let's finish on the last one. How are you feeling about Luka Doncic? He's he's the big man. He's the big rookie. He's the big offseason get. He's probably you know the next generational player we talked about in the offseason. Okay, the Mavericks want to try to get a Dirk. How do they get a Dirk? Well, this is the way you get a Dirk. You trade up and you you snag Luca. How are you feeling about the uh, the Mavs prized rookie? Oh, it's it's so incredible. <laughs> it's so incredible. I can <laughs> I can hear your eyes rolling back in your head like in a good way. I mean, it, it's just it, it's incredible. We're watching this this kid put up twenty points per game, six rebounds, four assists on like an at like consistently, and we kind of like you know. Tonight, you know, he has a 21-point game, and the Nets were like, oh, okay, cool. But, like, that's, like, not normal. And and the only – I was reading this from Bobby Corrala. The only people that have that assist – or that stat line of 20 or twenty points per game. Yeah, you got to go way back. Assists. Right now. I mean, right now in the league. Oh. It's 
Giannis, Anthony Davis, and Blake Griffin. That's it. That have a stat line like that. And he's a rookie doing that right now. I mean, there's I will can I can I can I make a complaint about Luca? Wow. Wow. Have, bold. That's bold. This is the smallest thing, but it, it just it's one thing that I've noticed that nobody's really said is that he's sometimes he gets kind of pouty. Like oh. like he's a little pouty sometimes, but that sometimes Wait, for, for what? Like what when are you seeing this for I've seen it a lot with uh referee calls. Like if he does, if he gets a no call, he gets kind of pouty, but he does, and but like then it'll transcend into the game too. It's not just like he's pouting at the refs. He kind of sits in the, in a corner sometimes, and sometimes he kind of moses I'll, off. I'll show them to throw me in the corner. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> that's the only. If I had, I'm sorry. I'm, I just want to, you know, I got to wow. keep it somewhat realistic here and make one little complaint. But overall, I mean, that's the smallest little thing. There are no complaints about his game do, that I have right now. Do you think that has anything to do with like entitlement? Like I am the best player already. I am entitled to you know these things. You feel like that? It, there's some of that in there. I think it's. I think it's that he's he's not getting rooked like Dennis Smith did on some calls last year, but he's not getting the the James Harden, LeBron James type calls. And I think maybe that's what he was used to over with Real Madrid yeah, when he was the MVP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. So that might be a little part of it, and you know he'll grow out of it. He's nineteen, so whatever. <laughs> Interesting. What does he do well that uh, that you did not expect coming into the season? His post game. I mean, his post game, especially when he gets on the baseline, and you know, you you can see it. It's like it's like when you would watch Dirk, like post someone up, and you know he's about to fade away, and he has a mouse in the house. Like Luca can do that, and instead of you know fading away, he can get to the basket so so well. Um, that's definitely the. The most surprising thing to me, I, I had no idea he had that in him. And also something that's really been encouraging to see is it's all over Twitter these past couple of days is like his like he has lost weight. He has trimmed down since he's yeah. been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a good post on Reddit about about that with two different photos, and I was like, oh dang, like he. I noticed that the other day. I mentioned it to Isaac. I don't, th- I don't know if I mentioned it on Pod or not, but uh, but yeah, he really has. You can tell like if you look at his face, his face is just so different. There's that summer league photo with him wearing the the blue. Uh, Mavs polo, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is a completely different human. Like, he, yeah, he like, came really out weird. of his his cocoon. And <laughs> I know it's it's awesome. I mean, he's really just uh, it's it's just it's so great. We're literally watching this kid blossom right before our eyes. And when he tweeted out, we tweeted out, I heart Dallas the other night. I got like giddy about it, and it's just <laughs> it's been so great. <laughs> oh man, hey, this has been good. Uh, we'll do more of these Fan Pulse Fridays. They'll have different segments and stuff. But, uh, man, Jimmy, it was good to hear from you. Tell everybody how they can find you. Yeah, so, again, you can follow my Mavs-specific account at You all. already do. All of you already do. I know that you do. I sure hope you do. But <laughs> if you don't, it's at all underscore things underscore Mavs. Um, and then if you want to follow my personal account, um, which isn't that exciting, it's at Jimmy Crowther 3. And it used to be Jimmy underscore Crowther but I got suspended because they found out I made my account when I was like 12 and like now I'm 21, but they still suspended me. So anyway, my account now is Oh, they, there's Jimmy a backlash Crowther. for that? That's wild. Yes. It was crazy. So That's wild. I remember I made my Facebook account when you had to have like a, a school email or something. Right. And uh, and then there then like right as it changed to you know normal, you had to like pick an age and everybody was like saying <laughs> they were older than they were so they can get a Facebook. And then even MySpace, I don't know if uh if you had any experience with MySpace, but uh very little. You had to be a certain age and you could just pick it and so many of my friends were like 99 years old. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and like it didn't matter because nobody was like trying to follow up or check up on your MySpace page. But uh, so many people were like, it was like, it's their birthday. They're 90, 99, 99 again because it didn't go to 100. <laughs> I love that. So funny. All right. You can find him at all under things underscore things underscore maps which uh, i'm sure a lot of you guys follow already which is why he suggested him to be on the podcast jimmy thanks so much for joining us on locked on maps nick thank you sir this is where you say peace out can i do something else i'm gonna do see (laughs) y'all boom (laughs) 